Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you'd like to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, Your Creative Chord Podcast is the place to be. Please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. Today's episode features my guest, Dr. Tara Sanderson, a licensed psychologist, author, and clinical supervisor in Oregon. Dr. Sanderson has been helping people learn the skills to live their best lives for more than 20 years. She recently published her book, Too Much, Not Enough, A Guide to Decreasing Anxiety and Finding Balance Through Intentional Choices. You'll find a link to her book and her website in the show notes below. I also wrote my takeaways after I read Dr. Sanderson's book through my blog, How to Decrease Your Anxiety and Live More Mindfully, An Empathetic Perfectionist Helps You Balance Your Life. And I'll post the link to my blog in the show notes too. Let's jump in to my interview with Dr. Tara Sanderson. Can you share a few tips or an, as an exercise from your book on dealing with anxiety, perfectionism, overachieving? You've kind of walked us through the sober um, process. Do you feel that it's kind of a, sometimes you feel like you've gone through the whole process and then you've, you're encountering something else and you feel like you've started from scratch again? Like, <laughs> and you have to go All through All <laughs> the time. I joke with my clients that I do sober like 40 or 50 times a day. I love it. But like there are times that... I absolutely am having to, every time I'm making a decision, I'm, I'm really trying to make sure, not necessarily because I'm so frantic that I can't navigate my world, but I'm really <laughs> just trying to keep myself in line and I'm trying to keep myself present yes. in this moment. What's going to be best right now? And I'm really pushing against that perfectionism streak that says there's a right and a wrong answer. I think that especially, you know, as creatives, and I think especially as overachievers and perfectionists, we get into this place that says we should power through when we when our body's telling us we need something, or if if we choose the wrong thing, everything's going to be terrible. um, Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, it's just going to go all pear shaped somehow. (laughs) And I think that that by using sober so much, it helps me remember that like, there are a gazillion options in how everything could go. I think that's the important thing that I, I also picked that up from reading your book that often, you know, overachievers, perfectionists, highly sensitive people do this really harsh inner critic dance. And uh, we forget that, like you mentioned you know, in the book, there are many, many choices. And even when you make one choice, and maybe it doesn't go as well as you want. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You have new choices now. It just starts all over again. And I like that, you know, because a lot of times we tend to think, if I don't make the absolute perfect decision, <laughs> you know, like you said, mm-hmm. everything's going to go go down. But the thing is, that it's the, I think it's what I got from it is it's this practice. It's a practice of learning how to do these strategies that you're teaching so that you can be okay with whatever choice you're making, you can make it the right choice. You know, once you've practiced being present, being non-judgmental, and what was it? Being on purpose. purpose. Yeah, I always Mm -hmm. (laughs) always forget that one. Yeah, I think that that, there's that interesting place too, of recognizing, like, I I would add a few words to making the right choice. It's the right choice for you in this moment. Yes, thank you. With the tools and life that you have right now. 
Like we don't, we don't have all of the infinite tools at our disposal at all times. Right. We learn what we learn as we grow. Right. So even if it ends up being a choice that you wish was different later in life, right? Because you think, oh shoot, if I had just done this thing, it might have been different. Mm. At the time, you didn't necessarily have that at your disposal right. to you. Right. So you made the best decision you had with what you had. That's really important. I think we need to recognize that about ourselves. We're doing the best we can. But I think also the nice thing about your strategies is that we can do better. Once we learn how to practice this stuff, it gets better and you feel better about yourself. I would like to hear a little more for people that are writing. And I'm actually going through this process myself. I'm writing some nonfiction books for new and returning piano learners. And I have some more ideas coming up for more books in the future. And I know that some of the people in my audience are writers or maybe even being inspired right now listening to this about maybe writing their story. Could you describe your creative process behind writing your first book here for people that might want to write one? And you can talk about anything that goes into that, but maybe include things like little tips for how they could avoid mistakes or problems or suggestions for things that worked well for your first book. Absolutely. So uh, Morgan had us do uh, the Pomodoro method, which is 25 minutes of, of writing at a time and just setting aside 25 minutes of your day to just sit down and write. Mm. Um, that method worked wonders for me. It gave Good. me a really clear time frame that I could just like start a timer, stop a timer, put it away and be done. Um, <laughs> it didn't leave me sitting in front of the computer with writer's block for seven hours. Right. I don't have time in my world to do that. So <laughs> I, I needed like a really succinct way to do that. Um, one of her other methods that I really loved was as you are getting started, you have the ideas flowing in your head is take again with the Pomodoro method, take 25 minutes and do a brain dump. Don't put it in any order. Don't try and organize it. Mm -hmm. Don't try and like deal with punctuation or spelling. Just brain dump it out in just bullet point by bullet point. And then as you go through the process of getting ready to actually sit down and write, you pull back up that list and you put it in the order in which you would actually like to write it. And then you do, then you just sit down with your checklist, basically. So you start day one after you've done that process and you say, okay, the first thing I'm going to write is about this. Mm-hmm. Great, 25 minutes, go. And then you're going to write about this, 25 minutes, go. And it just made it so easy Love that. to get what I wanted that was in my head out on paper in a coherent method. One of the other tricks that I found really helpful is I wrote, I wrote in, in, I have Word, uh, Microsoft Word, but um, I wrote in white font. So I never got to see what I wrote until oh my gosh. <laughs> I was done with my 25 minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That helped me avoid all of the wanting to go back and change no spelling editing. or move yeah. something around. Yeah, I didn't edit a thing <laughs> until I got down to the parts where I was supposed to be editing. Because the mm. the getting it out of your head process right. is so creative right. that when you start self-editing, you start turning off the creative juices sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it was super important to me to just be like, if I'm going to get this out, like I cannot want to go back and cut and paste and edit and move things around. I so love writing that. in white. What a brilliant idea. So you can't even see it. Nope, I couldn't see a thing. <laughs> and sometimes that was a little awkward. <laughs> like, yeah. being like, what did I just say? I don't even know. Right. <laughs> uh, but then at that point, I really did just give myself permission to be like, well, we'll say something else now. What else do you want to say about this topic? Love and it. move on. Like, love it. Yeah. Even if it was an incomplete sentence, you go back and you fix that later. 
And I think the other thing that was super helpful, just as a last little quick tip, would be to find other people who are going through the same thing. Her mm. Facebook group um, was a lifesaver for me. She put together this Facebook group for all of the writers who are in the process of writing their book. Okay. And even though some of the other authors were writing fiction books and some of them were writing, you know, other types of books that had nothing to do with what I was doing, mm-hmm. it was so encouraging to oh, go yeah. in there and have people say, like, yep, I did my 25 minutes today, or right. I'm challenging myself to do a double Pomodoro, which is 50 minutes. Accountability. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The accountability, the encouragement, and the passion for what they were doing just made it so much easier to write when you're alone at home and not talking to anybody else about what you're doing. Because honestly, I didn't tell my husband I was doing this until about two and a half months in. (laughs) Like, I was just getting up and doing my own thing and, you know, because I I would write in the morning. And he didn't even know what I was doing until about two and a half months in when I was like, okay, so maybe this is a real thing. (laughs) I'm actually doing this and you should know about it. Interesting. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I see a lot of people that put a lot of importance on word count. And Mm. I never really think about word count. I just think about the idea, get the idea out. Did you or did Paper Raven Books have any kind of emphasis on the importance of word count per day or per whatever? It wasn't necessarily per day. It was a it was a theory behind what style of book are you writing. Mm-hmm. If you're writing an anthology, that's about this many words. If you're writing a self-help how-to book, you want it to be about this many words because that's what people buy. So it was more from a marketing okay. perspective yeah. okay. of thinking about not having your self-help book be 7,000 pages. Right. Nobody's going to read that. Like you need to keep it short and sweet. People need help just to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So it was more about the marketing element. And she did encourage you to keep track um, and find trends. If your writing days are more creative on Wednesdays because the kids sleep in and you have mm-hmm. more time, great. Then, then settle your week a little bit in order to do more writing in that day. Right. Uh, but mine was pretty Mine was pretty much the same every day. I just kind of powered through my 25 minutes and um, That's really just kind of produced at that level. So, How long did it take you from week-wise or, or month-wise? How long did it take you from start to finish to write it? Not to edit it, but just to write it. Yeah. For, I started on January 1st. I'm a very um, date-driven human. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I started January 1st, and I ended on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was, and, it was and every quick. day? Every day. Every day. Yep. Okay. Every day for just 25 minutes. As you mentioned, you know, you want to look at the, the the style of the book that you're writing and what people, you do a little research, you look at Amazon, you see what's really selling, you kind of go and it shows you on Amazon how many pages there are, for example, yep. and you kind of see what the what's selling, what's hot, how much it's selling for, yada, yada. But uh, it's interesting to me because I'm not, and I, does, you didn't do this either because you went through a hybrid publisher with Paper Raven Books. But the the whole um, way of book publishing seems to be completely shifting because we're now going into such a digital direction with everything. As you know, there are those who think that only if you pitch an idea and an agent accepts it and then the agent gets it to the publisher and a publisher, you know, uh, signs you signs you on to publish your book. That's the traditional way. And then yep. the the complete opposite, that is doing it yourself completely. Um, from start to finish, and you, and there are plenty of people doing this on Amazon, etc., and many other book um, 
distributors. And then what what you did, I guess, kind of the the hybrid morph in the middle of that, where Paper Raven Books sounds like they they guide you through and help you kind of do the best that you can do on your own, but with great um, kind of support and counseling through it. Uh, I guess that's what a hybrid publisher would do. But what are your thoughts on, you know, why why did you do it this way versus going the traditional route, pitching a story, pitching an agent versus doing it completely without Paper Raven books and doing it on your own? What made you choose the middle way? Yeah, and I would say that I am the middle light way because she has a program where you can absolutely work direct with them and have everything done in-house that is the more expensive model than I did. I did the route of um, she had a pre-taped video series that I watched on her doing it with someone else, and I just followed the directions and did it myself. Love it. Um, yeah, so it, it was. it's kind of a hybrid hybrid too, in that a hybrid hybrid. <laughs> I decided, yeah, I decided I wanted to do it myself and not tempt fate with a um, with a publisher. Uh, number one, because I wanted any money that came to me to be to me. I would like to keep all of my money. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, because I didn't really care what anybody else thought about whether or not it would be a good book. <laughs> I, I wanted it. <laughs> it to be out there because I wanted it to be out there. Yeah, and. You know, I don't I don't need somebody telling me if I'm going to be the next Brene Brown. I I wanted to have a book out talking about the things that I thought were important. I wanted all the editorial, you know, judgment to be mine. I love it. You're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you love this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's your creative chord, C H O R D, yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. No spaces in between anything. And if you join my mail list, you will be the first to know of new content. Plus, you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your goals. Whether you're a creator or looking to explore your creative side, this checklist will help you prioritize and focus for results. That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Back to the interview. I just took a, a marketing course on a an online company called creativelive.com. Mm. They have a lot of really great courses from marketing to creative courses and everything in between. And I took a course by Tara Gentili. Now it's Tara McMullen. And she's a marketer, a market or mm-hmm. digital specialist or whatever. And she had a course about, you know, how to create your ebook. And I kind of am for this one book that I'm doing about piano stuff. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm following her method. And, and mm-hmm. because I'm a content creator myself, I do blogs and podcasting, obviously, <laughs> through your creative court. Basically, instead of sitting and writing in the process that you did, I didn't have to do it that way because I've already got a ton of content out there I already wrote. Yeah. So I collected yeah. those things. And then I still have to do that process of kind of putting it in the order that it needs to go and yep. and then diving deep and elaborating and updating and you know cleaning it up sort of thing. But I love that if you are listening, if, if you're a content creator, you've already got tons of content, whether it's a video, a podcast or blogs and and the way that Tara Gentili taught it's just grab all that stuff figure out your what it is that you want to say and then put it together in an outline and then work it through you know so yep. going back to you <laughs> Tara once you had it all written 
then then your next step was to edit. Now, did Paper Raven Books do all the editing, or did you send it to beta readers, or what was your process with that? I did a little bit of everything. <laughs> I was so unsure of what was going to be best. It's all new. So I yeah. did have a yeah. I had a, a couple of beta readers, some good friends um, that I had read it um, just uh, after basic like spelling error, grammar, yeah. editing on my yeah. part, right? Yeah. Um, and then sent it to them and asked them for complete feedback on like, you know, does this order make sense? Is there anything out of weird? Do you want something gone? Right. Um, that piece of it. And then once I got it back from them, um, I was able to, through just um, a good friend of mine, uh, find my my actual editor. Um, and she, I think one of the interesting things for me in book writing was figuring out that there are three types of editors. Right. Um, and that was mind blowing. I thought there was just an editor. <laughs> um, but there's a, there's a developmental editor who is really the, the person who is reading for how does the story feel? How does it come across? What things are missing? Where, where could you use another like anecdote or tidbit? Where do you need to make sure you're following your rhythm of tools? Right. So they're the like big picture. How is this going to come across to other humans? Overall um, yeah. editor, right? And then there's your copy editor. I think that's the next one down. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, yeah, who goes through things that way? And then, gosh, what is the third one called? I can't ever just remember. plain old proofreading. proofreading. Yeah, yes. yeah. So they're like line by line, digit by digit, right? Yeah. So it kind of like starts at the big picture and works its way down. I skipped the developmental editor. I kind of used my beta readers as my developmental editors. Oh, that's not skipping and, though. That's one way. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not skipping. It's just, they didn't know what they were doing necessarily. <laughs> they're not editors, <laughs> but like, they, <laughs> right, they're not editors, but they, they helped for sure. Right. Right. Um, and then the woman that I ended up using was a copy editor. Um, okay. so she, she did a lot of more of the like formatting and making sure things met grammatical sense. Um, yeah, but she wasn't a, you know, line by line editor. Right. And I decided to skip the line by line editor because I decided I just did not want to spend any more money. The whole process um, was a little more expensive than I would have liked it to be. A lot of other people probably could have done it for. But number one, I wanted to support his business. Yeah. I really loved that he would read my book before he did the, wow, um, before nice. he did the, the stuff, right? So he knew what the book was about and really got the feel for it Love before that. he decided to make a cover. And, and you that can't was get I that. See. Yeah, you don't get that from most book designers. They're no. not They're not going to no. read it. <laughs> nope. They're just going to take the title and say, what do you want with it? And put something together. That's Which really I great. get. Yeah. But I really felt like that investment was necessary for me. And because of that, I chose not to do more editory people. I have found some typos in my book. I've found some things that I'd like to update and change. And someday when I do addition to... I'll make those changes. Right. Um, and remember that there's always addition too. Right. It's so great to hear this because it's it's exactly how my thinking process is for my stuff. And and taking that course, I, I'm, I've learned a lot from the Creative Live courses. There, there's some good courses there. And they talked about the exact same thing that, you know, you can always do an update and come out with, you know, the second version of it, you know, the or the second edition of it or whatever, if you really want to go that route. And you're not going to find hardly any books out there that don't have a typo or two somewhere in them, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything you would have done differently through this process? I mean, if you, I know that you did the best you could <laughs> in the moment, but... Is there anything you would have done? You know, I probably would not have been so stuck on my date. Oh, yes. So I really wanted the book to come out in 
in September, uh, which is when I turned 40. Um, I really have this like romantic image of like, I can say I put my book out by the time I was 40. And yeah, that's a personal goal. I wish I had spent a little bit more time, um, like rereading it myself. I tend to be a little, um, once I finish it, I want it to be done. And I don't really want to read it again, kind of a person, um, even though I know I should. And I kind of wish I had, because there are some things that, that I, I know, I know I could have at that time done different, um, but it was my pride and my stuff that got in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wish I had done that different. I think, um, I don't, I don't think I would have done um, Paper Raven Books course differently. I really enjoyed do, having, having the ability to do it on my own, to rewatch the videos, to not feel like I was on anybody else's timeline, nice. but I got to do all that myself. Um, so I don't think I would do that different. Um, I probably would hire another editor next time around. Not that it's like bad how my book turned out, no. but I probably would. I think I would. I think I would have splurged for a, the developmental editor. It's interesting because uh, basically it, you're touching all the points I've just learned from this course. That and and it's it's hard because there's writing a book is a big process and it takes a while to do and you know, but it just helping me remember, okay, proofreading it and copy editing it. I can do that myself, but it's really kind of stupid to do it by to on your own because I can look at that book a million times and see the same error, but not see it <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's my writing. Yeah. So it is important to, to hand it off and get some beta readers to proofread it. And then like the copy editing to put the sentences, the gra- grammatical choices and things together. But I think as I continue with my book writing, I definitely want to get a good editor, a developmental editor who will kind of look at the overall thing. But I also got from that course that what you just said, so as you continue to do another book, Tara McMullen in the the Courses on Creative Life also mentioned it's really important that you read the book from cover to to you know, finish a few times to see the flow of it. Now your your editor's gonna do that for you, but you know, and and most people suggest that you that we hire an editor because of that reason that we we're too close to it. Basically, we can yeah. we don't see our errors, but I haven't done that yet, and I want to see the whole scope of rereading it. And you're saying that you didn't want to just go through and reread it because you're you wanted it to be done. Yeah, <laughs> you just I I'm done. just wanted it to be done. <laughs> I understand that completely. So I really thank you for walking us through a little bit of the DIY hybrid publisher process. And I will put those links, you know, in the show notes so people know what that's all about. And right. definitely we'll put your book um, in on Amazon, the links down in the show notes too. And is there anything you'd like my audience to know? Any other ways that you want to share about this particular book? Yeah, I would love to say that I had an amazing experience turning my book into an audiobook. Um, oh, wow. I, it is out there on audiobook right now. Um, and uh, I okay. used the company ACX, which is through audible.com and Amazon and all of them. But nice. I found my reader. I didn't end up reading it myself. Um, I found my, my the person who read my book um, through their program. And it was so easy and so wonderful. And honestly, so much more inexpensive than I could have done it myself because I just don't own any of that kind of equipment. Yeah. Um, and she was just fantastic. I've really enjoyed working with her. That's exciting. Um, so, yes, that is out there. And I would really encourage that process uh, financially as a, as a person who's making you know money off of all of this stuff. 
um, uh, it, it, having an audiobook out there is great. Um, it really does um, bring in some really great income. I don't even read books now. I'm doing Audible all the time because I'm always on the yeah. go. I'm always listening to it. Yep. Where is that available? Is it on Amazon? It is. It's on Amazon. Okay. You can go there or straight to audible.com and look me up um, by my name or by the book title, Too Much Not Enough. Okay. And um, as a last little quick note, my husband and I are actually co-authoring a book this oh. year. We have decided to go in it together, and we're writing a book on self-sabotage. Wow, that's wonderful. Oh, my yeah, gosh. So we're just in the creative stages right now. We're doing the brain dumps, and we're trying to sort things. Um, we don't even have a working title yet. Um, but um, it's super exciting to work with him on that because he's so intelligent, and he's got such great um, quips and tips and things. Mm. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping to see that come mm. out by the end of the year. I was going to say, I'll have to have another chat with you and see how that, how that worked out with co-authoring with Please. your husband. Yeah. Yes. Is he involved in any way with your counseling? Just. Um, just at the beginning of the year, he joined my practice. He is doing um, my security officer, so he helps to make sure everybody's files are secure and taking care of um, all of our technology. And then um, he helps with a lot of back office work so that I can not have to worry about it and keep doing what I do with my clients. Oh, I want one of those. <laughs> He's pretty fantastic. I get a chauffeur to work every day and he cooks dinner at home at night. It's just what a it's good partner. Special. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> such a fortune. Wonderful. Well, yeah. that sounds really exciting. I'm really. And now that now that you've already gone through the process of writing the book, you're light years ahead for the second one. That's that's yeah. very encouraging. And so that just answers my question. Will there be other books coming? So we're sure that that's happening. And I'm sure that you'll put that in an audible, I mean, an audio format too. once you oh, yeah. got it done. Yeah. Can you let us know? where we can find you, your book, and any anything else you want to share. And, of course, I'll put the links in the show notes so people will know. Absolutely. You can find me on the web at drtarasanderson.com. So it should read drtarasanderson.com. And my book is, has its own webpage at uh, toomuchnotenoughbook.com. I'm also really active on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So if anybody wants to find me there, it's also Dr. Tara Sanderson. And um, I would love to say hey. That is so awesome. Tara or a.k.a. Dr. Tara Sanderson, thank you so much for joining your creative court. It has been such an in incredibly encouraging and informative and inspiring conversation to hear and see and and learn your through your process. And I really hope that my audience will check out all these links because your book is fantastic for really for anybody. But I personally feel for creators, we can get a lot out of this. So thank you so much for your time. And I, I will leave you to what you're doing next. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been wonderful, Jenny. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You as well. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me by leaving a review on iTunes or share this link with your social media. You can also forward the link to this podcast by email to your friends. Thanks for helping spread the word so Your Creative Chord Podcast can continue bringing you inspiring interviews and stories. And if you loved this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here.
You'll be the first to know of new content, plus you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your creative goals. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for listening.